from the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, right next to the High Museum of Art in Midtown Atlanta, welcome to the First Presbyterian Church. I'm Senior Pastor Tony Sundermeyer, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I would invite you now to join us in the worship of God. Good morning, everyone. I'm Addie Anderson, a recent graduate from the Westminster Schools here in Atlanta, and will be heading off to Davidson College, a Presbyterian college in North Carolina, in just three days' time. I hope some of you at home are cheering Go Wildcats. I'm overjoyed to be here, though it's a hard feeling to describe. So familiar to be in this space, yet unfamiliar to be here on a Sunday morning when it is so empty. Nonetheless, this is an experience we are all sharing, which is indicative of the nature of this congregation, aware of our individuality, yet collective and unified. Our first scripture reading for today comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. Listen now for the word of God. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitalities to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I chose this text to focus on because it's a really reassuring piece of scripture. It, without explicitly saying so, helps us in times of distress or uncertainty. It offers instruction and comfort for the times when we are moving forward onto what is next and into the midst of trials. Today, Zoe, George, and I want to speak to you all about how, despite distress and uncertainty, God never changes and how First Pres has been a comforting constant community for us too. I chose this piece of scripture because it embodies these notions and reminds me so much of our church in this incredible community I've had the honor of a lifetime to experience here at the First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta. I've attended First Pres since before I can even remember. I was baptized here, I came to daycare here, I did preschool and Sunday school here as a child. We then reached the point in our family where attending church became a decision that you got to make for yourself. And so sometimes I would walk the few blocks here alone on Sunday mornings. So if you ever wonder why I'm always driving now, despite being so close, it's because I can. Today, we, you will often catch me sitting in the nine, most likely with my friend George, but maybe with a church family like the Spanglers or the Ernests or the Sutherlands. Or maybe you see me ushering on the first or fifth Sunday of the month here in the sanctuary with ushering team one, or possibly in Sunday school between those hours or in youth group Thursday nights. From a young age, I was independent in my faith, 
and this is the place that allowed me to do so, and never failed to welcome me in, as the text says, hospitality is always shown here, love is always given, even to strangers, as if we are all brothers and sisters. This is the place that offered me the comfort in my growth, from a girl to a teen to a somehow now adult. One important thing this place has given me is not just the lessons that have built my character or the faith that I need, but the people to offer me solace even when things aren't going right. Just as Hebrews says, remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourself were suffering. That is something these people, you, the congregation here at FPC, never failed to do. The empathy and compassion for all of my trials, big and small, is beyond anything I've ever seen. And if I were to describe the past year and a half of my life, it would certainly be this quote from my track coach, who I consider to be one of my mentors in life and faith. He says, what man proposes, God disposes. All of my assumptions about what would happen over the past year of my life were flipped upside down and trials were thrown my way. My dad moved to a different state, I had relationships in, a sport I used to enjoy so much started to become a burden, another sport I started got cut short, second semester of junior year was incredibly difficult, followed by senior year and the college process, and now all of it seems to be a slightly bitter precursor for the hardships that COVID-19 have brought and the ways in which it has affected the end of my senior year will affect the start of my college experience and of course, so many other things, like the fact that my big sister was supposed to get married here in this sanctuary, but could not. However, despite the trials of this time, I knew what the text so wonderfully refers back to. God never leaves us, God never forsakes us. And not only that, but I've had so many leaders right here in this church who have spoken the words of God to me, who could reassure me and help me. Just as my coach said, God's plan for us is far greater than our own agendas. The trials I have endured have made me stronger. They have bettered me in ways I could not see at the time. When our track season was canceled for good due to COVID-19, my coach, the same one, told us this. This is hard, yes, but in my life, I have seen the most important things. The things we cherish forever afterwards are always hard and sometimes seem to be too much at the time. And so, when hard times come my way, as I know they will continue to do, I will have the lessons I have learned from the amazing community here at First Press to guide me, such as how to be a leader and get involved in whatever community I find myself in. And as I powerfully learned on a mission trip just a few summers ago with our Jamaican partners, and I've seen time and time again right here in this sacred space, building a community is the basis of our faith and how we live out our faith. The lesson I've seen in adults like Paul Dimmick and Mike Tillman, Rachel Little and Katie Sundermeyer, who reassure me every time they see me that I am cared for and loved here. Even when I was little and thinking about moving from Atlanta, the one thing I always knew I would miss the most, the one thing that seemed irreplaceable in my heart was FPC and the community here. Now the time has come to go, but I will always take with me the fact that the community of the First Presbyterian Church here in Atlanta has always been holding me up and cheering me on, just as you all promised to do all those years ago when I was baptized and first brought into this community. The promise to love, encourage, and support me. The promise of fellowship, prayer, and service. 
As Paul Demick said to me in an email recently, faithful people are used by God to reinforce faithful people. We never seem to see God face to face. We only get to see God through the actions of others. This community has allowed me to see just that. This community has taught me the lesson and promise that even when life is hard, God's love and grace is not hard to obtain. It is, in fact, easy. This congregation has taught me that the most important thing to remember when everything is changing, when the future is unclear, is what Hebrews 13:8 so powerfully relates to us. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen. Listen now as I read the second verse, which is Lamentations chapter 3, verses 20 through 22 through 24. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hello, my name is Zoe Spangler, and I recently graduated from Grady High School and will be attending the University of Kentucky this Thursday. The church has been such a safe place for me as long as I can remember. I was baptized here, went to preschool here. I am very involved in the youth program, and I have been here almost every Sunday since then. First Prez has been a huge part of my life, and I know that I will, be, that I will miss being here while I'm at school this fall. What you may not know about me is that the Samaritan Counseling Center, which is on the third floor of the church, has been a safe space for me as well since I heard about it in 2016. This branch of the church has helped me get through the last four years with some clarity and a sense of ease. Thanks to them, I am so much more confident and not afraid to be myself. At the end of my sophomore year and the beginning of my junior year, the Counseling Center paired up with the Dialectical Behavioral Group Therapy to do a small group class for high schoolers that were regularly in Sunday school, so I was invited to join the small group. The six sessions that we had in April and then again in September were so beneficial to me because I was talking to my peers that did not go to my school and I could share experiences with them that I could not otherwise do. I could talk to them about my high school problems without feeling embarrassed or scared. It was so comforting to hear, knowing nothing would be shared outside of that room. This group, being connected to the Samaritan Counseling Center, helped me gain so much self-love and confidence. I built a connection with such a great group of people, and I would not trade it for anything. In Lamentations chapter 3, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. They are new every morning. Therefore, I will hope in him. I cannot say it more clearly. The church has been there for me through every problem in my life. God's love never ceases, and I am so thankful for the people who reassure me of that almost every Sunday. After attending six mission trips, six ski trips, and numerous retreats, I have made so many memories and friendships with people like Addie, George, and Johnny. I have I have first pressed to thank for creating the bonds I have with them. The Samaritan Counseling Center and all the resources First Pres has to offer have had my back throughout my entire life. I could not ask for a better support system than the love and generosity of this congregation. 
It is obvious how constant your love and God's love is towards me because it has never stopped since the day my family joined this church. I hope to continue my faith at college next year and cannot thank you enough for all the fantastic opportunities that you have given me. Even though, even as my senior year came to an end and this year was not exactly what I had hoped for, the church has and will always be a safe space that I can go back to and never doubt that I have another family here to take care of me. Thank you for letting me speak today and letting me be a part of the larger church family. Amen. Our third and final scripture lesson comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. My name is George Alford. I graduated from the Westminster Schools last week and will be going to Washington and Lee University in nine days' time. Some of my earliest memories are from here in the sanctuary. I will always remember George Worth giving sermons with stories of summers spent in Chautauqua, New York with Fred Rogers, annual Christmas pageants, and the life-changing moment when I found out that our communion did not have real wine. But I never really understood how much this church meant to me until this past year, a time of great change in my life, both for the better and for the worse. It started in the fall of 2019 when I began the college process. It's a phrase that evokes a range of emotions from anticipation with current juniors in high school to relief with graduating seniors 
and even a pervasive sense of curiosity among adults from October until April every single year. In the fall, I tried to tell people who I was and what I wanted to do with my life and confronted dreams that had danced in my head since I was a kid. I had no idea what the next few months had in store for me. 2020 begins and we got off to a rocky start. Massive wildfires in Australia, a potential military conflict with Iran, and basketball legend Kobe Bryant's death. Then a new disease swept across the world and I think we all know the rest of that story. In March, I turned 18. I was finally an adult. I should be happy, right? Well, at the time, I did not know if I would ever see my friends again, where I would be going to college, or if people close to me would contract aforementioned deadly disease. I distinctly remember com completing a task every 18-year-old male must do signing up for the selective service system. Now, ordinarily, it would not be a big deal. The US is not at war and the draft is not in use anyways. Well, remember that just a few months before, hashtag World War III was trending on Twitter and here I am signing up for the draft. It was a weird moment. Add on a few more weeks of waiting for college decisions before receiving denials at most of my top colleges, and I was not exactly having the greatest year of my life. I tell you the story of my past year because I believe we find our rock and solid foundation in times of great uncertainty and change. The excerpt from Matthew tells us that God is our rock. God is the one thing we can hold on to when everything else is up in the air. God was reliable yesterday is today and will be tomorrow. And when we have worries, when we have doubts or fears, Matthew tells us to trust in God because he is our rock. He tells us that God knows of our worries and that he will provide for us what we need. In the spring, when COVID-19 created stay-at-home orders and closed schools and even closed this church building, I felt like everything was up in the air. I felt like I did not have a rock, a solid foundation, a pillar I could lean on. Every plan I had drawn up in my head of how the year was to go was thrown out the window. I did not know if I could see my friends, my extended family, my teachers. I did not know where I would be for the next four years. There was a lot that I did not know. And if you are anything like me, then you are very uncomfortable when that feeling arises. It felt like no matter where I turned, there was emptiness where there used to be fullness. That is what Matthew writes about. When we do not know, when we are lost, when everything seems to be going wrong, that is when Matthew says we need to rely on God and trust in God for what we need during those times. There was not a more clear example of God being my rock than First Presbyterian Church here at the corner of 16th and Peachtree. Whether it was a Sunday morning service with Jens on the organ and Tony laying out serious wisdom, or a Thursday night high school youth group discussion, the church was there for me. When all else seemed to fail, 
this church was there for me. It was something that I often did not appreciate, but this church was something I could always rely on during the past few months to help me pause and appreciate the moment, to not get too caught up in the uncertain future and recognize the ways that God is working in my life. It has brought me closer to my best friend and Addie, and it has helped me know more about who I am and who God is shaping me to be. So friends, it is up to us. We have to make the conscious decision, now and always, to seek God in the midst of despair and to pause and focus in on the good that God is working in our world. There is no better place nor time to start than right here, right now, when so much seems uncertain and up in the air. Amen. From our many different places, let us join our voices together as one body and affirm our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Friends, what do we believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we cannot put into words how grateful we are for the young people of this church, especially in this time. We're thankful for the class of 2020, those who are speaking here and leading in worship today, those who are participating via live stream, those who are on our hearts and our minds. This class is teaching us something about perseverance, teaching us something about character, teaching us something about what trust looks like in you. We're so thankful for this class, for their witness to faith and your faithfulness in and through their lives. We're really going to miss them. And so for those who are venturing off to college campuses, those who'll be venturing off to their room at home to do online courses, give each and every one of these students, these brothers and sisters in the faith, exactly what they need to continue to persevere, to continue to demonstrate character, to continue to trust in you. We're mindful 
O Lord, that the days are creeping nearer here in Atlanta and across this nation. Some have already experienced back to school, but there is so much uncertainty. There's so much challenge. There are many opinions, many hopes, and we, we would ask that you would be with every student in this city, every family that has a student living in their household, that you would make a way for them to grow as Jesus grew in body and in mind and in the favor of others and in the favor of you. We pray for teachers and administrators who are entering a season they never could have predicted. We ask that your grace would be upon them and that they would have the tools to effectively teach and empower and encourage those within their care. We pray for school boards as they continue to wrestle with these decisions. Grant them your grace and your wisdom for the facing of this hour. We pray for those who have lost their jobs. We pray for those whose work has been cut back, for those who have been furloughed, for those who see a date into the future where their employment will end and uncertainty will deepen. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would use your church to bring faithful gifts into the world, the financial, of the spiritual, the emotional kind, and remind every person who is in this particular situation when it comes to their work that you are their rock, that you are their certainty. We think of our brothers and our sisters in Beirut, Lebanon. We'd ask that you would bring comfort to those who are grieving, that you attend by your grace through the ministrations of the medical professional field, those who are injured, those who are suffering. We pray for the churches specifically in Beirut and in the Middle East who are being called upon in this extraordinary hour to bear witness to who you are in these times. In some small way, would you use us to be a part of that witness? Touch our hearts, move us to action so we may participate in what you are doing. Lord, we thank you for the privilege it is to continue to worship in this sacred space, even though it is remote. And we'd ask, O oh Lord, that you would give us what we need for the facing of these days and the days to come. We pray this in the name of our rock, our redeemer, even Jesus the Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.